2: Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. As you know, it's the date day edition of the program, which means Paula is live in studio with me. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. And every day at four o'clock, we take your phone calls and answer your Bible questions. But on Thursday, it's special because the prettiest girl in Texas is here. She's looking really bright today. She looks especially smart. So, whatever's on her heart, she's going to share with you. We would still love for you to call and ask any questions that you might have. You can dial 210 340 9585. That's 340 9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR, numerically at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. And if you are in your car driving around, the safest way to call is use the free KSLR mobile app. Call now banner will come up at the top of the screen. Just hit that, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Anything and everything on your heart—it's your show, Paula. It is your show here in the studio. Okay. So welcome to the program. Thank you. Share your heart.
3: Okay. I was listening. You know, I've listened to the show as often as possible, and so this week I was listening, and I was kind of remembering and laughing at the same time, and at, and then was one of those. Lord, you're so good, because you had a couple of callers this week. Um, one lady in particular said that, you know, do I have to give because I need my money, you know, kind of a thing. And I was, <laughs> I started laughing because I remember the first time that, you know, the Lord just really impressed upon my heart to give. And I said the same thing. Lord, you know I don't make very much money, and I need my money. So to give, are you kidding me? There's other people who make money. They can give, you know. And so I had this little, uh, one hundred and ten dollar check for the whole week, kind of a thing. And and I said, because you know I was you weren't even saved back then, I don't think. <laughs> and and you know that you hear about tithing, and you, you learn later that tithing isn't even for uh, New Testament Christians, but we should give much more. So anyway, with with my feet firmly planted, my mind reeling. I put my check in. I take that back. I don't even think I could afford a check. It seemed like it was (laughs) was two fives and a one, Pastor Ron, that I put in the offering. And I said, okay, Lord. Because what he had told me uh, was, um, test me on this. Test me on this. And so I said, you know what, Lord, I, I really do love you. And you know I trust you. But... It was hard to let go. I mean, I think I put in the one first, and I thought, you know, maybe I would hear the voice of God say, "Okay, that's enough. You, you did it like like Abraham took Isaac." Up. The, I know the widow only put in two mites. You know, <laughs> so you, you know I didn't even go there, but I was, I was like, "Okay, Lord, here's the one. Okay, here's the five. Oh, the whole eleven's in there." And when I walked away, I'm not gonna lie, I didn't feel. <laughs> Really, really good. So,
2: so you weren't being a cheerful giver.
3: Well, I was being uh, reluctant. (laughs) I was, I was, you know, I I did it willingly. (laughs) No, I should no, no, I did it obediently, not so willingly. So, kind of like maybe when Jesus went to the cross, you know, he did it obediently, not so much willingly. He said, "If this cup can pass," and I, I didn't pray that, but when I put that one dollar in, Ron, I was sure. He was going to say, "Okay, you passed the test. keep the 10. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't, and you know what? now I
2: know like like to to Abram, now I know that you love me, yeah,
3: yeah, so I let it all go in there and and that was just the start of you know trusting him. He'd test me on this and and so to follow up with that before my other thing. Is when I wanted to go to my very first women's retreat, and it cost money to go, you know, I'm, I'm, I gave the $11 and now this is going to cost too, <laughs> along with my giving. And so I said, Oh, I really want to go to this women's retreat, but how much is it going to cost? And I think it was like $60 or something like that, but that was a fortune. And uh, so the Lord said, Okay, you, you're trusting me, go ahead. So I had. $5. I put $5 down, like layaway. <laughs> 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 I remember putting my little $5 down. And when I went to the table to put to the next, well, I don't know how many weeks. I had a lot, a lot of weeks to get this $60 in. But the second time that I went to the table to pay, somebody said, uh, somebody's already paid for your women's retreat. You can keep your, your money.
2: Was like, Did you ask for the $5 back?
3: No, 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 no. You know how sometimes, and this has happened to me shamefully saying this um, way too many times in my Christian walk, um, more at the beginning than now, but even occasionally now, where it's like, oh Lord, I'm so sorry. I doubted you. You know, you kind of walk away with your head down. Um, man, you you've always proven yourself faithful why do i doubt you so often and so back then i was really just learning that now is when it really hurts when i when i doubt him because he's proven himself faithful so often okay and then the second thing was um you know how you talk about um your your christian walk is really rounded out i mean it's really um impacted and impactful uh, when you're Not just coming to church and sitting Hearing the word, getting fat And not doing anything with it Well, I was on uh, the worship team even back then But I I just knew the Lord wanted me to serve Like a hands-on I mean, I'm singing um, But uh, like a hands-on service And so I was praying And I said, okay, Lord, what, what, what should I do? What can I do? And this is what I mean, I heard his voice You know, not like Yo, Paula. <laughs>
2: we we get that. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> um, but it was like, go ask your pastor's wife what she needs. I was like, oh man, you know, the pastor's wife. What? And see, at
2: this point, I'm a brand new believer. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, and you're you're a brand new believer, and um, at Bible college, because I, I remember these things, uh, because you weren't around, and I was free to go and. You, you know, I didn't have to really wait on you that much. So, um, yeah, you're away at Bible college. And so I went to her, and she was kind of like thrown off a little bit. And, oh, no, 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 no. You know, that's okay. I'm the pastor. I, I, I'll be serving you. I was like, well, I'm just telling you God told me to come over here and ask you. So if you would do me a favor and pray. You know, and I'm, I'm a, still uh, a baby Christian not knowing really what I'm doing. when she said no, I was like, did I really hear them? Did I really hear the voice of the Lord, or what? You know, and if she doesn't want me to do anything, then okay, I'm free. i don't have to <laughs> do not doing no. So in about a week, um, she she asked me. She goes, "You know what? I am really busy, and um, could you clean my house? And if there's if there's uh, clothes in the washing machine, would you would you put them in the dryer for me? And um, if it's okay. While you're here and I'm not, you know, our son Ben is autistic, and he won't be any trouble. He stays in his room. Basically, he was a little kid, and he'll just watch the same or a different version of the Scrooge Christmas Carol Christmas Carol, Carol. Christmas Carol movie over and over and over again for hours. It'll be very loud, but he'll be in his own room. He'll come out just to have to go to the bathroom, or if he needs a drink, or Something to eat, could you just hand them, I'll have pre-made snacks. And I was, I was like, okay, I can do that. And so um, I don't know how long that was, a year or more, I don't know. And uh, that's, that was my first service. And what a blessing it was. I got to know um, her and Pastor Bob uh, real well and, and Ben. Ben loved me. And mm-hmm. uh, it was just a blessing.
2: I used to have a T-shirt with Jesus, crucified Jesus on it, the picture, and there was a, a tear coming down Jesus' face, and he stared at that picture, Ben did, mm-hmm. stared at that picture over with Jesus crying. Mm-hmm. Jesus, that's all he could say, yeah. but he was transfixed by it. It's yeah. just one of those things. Let's pick this up after we take a phone call, Paul, and we've got Greg from Bolverdi on line one. Greg, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Pastor Ron. Hey,
1: uh, I'm going to... Bring something up here and get your feedback from you, but can you keep me on in case you make me think of something else that I'm okay. you okay. to you know, explain? Uh, I'm sure you heard what the Pope said yesterday. I'll be, <laughs> I was very Catholic and something, I guess he's never read Leviticus. So I'm, I'm not sure, you know where he's getting his ideas from for sure, but uh, something else that he says, and it just, this is one of the things that so many people, um, I've heard a lot of Catholics bring this up, but you know, they're all children of God. And it's like they don't understand that's not true. We're all His mm-hmm. creation, but we don't become His kids until we're in the family, and we don't get in the family until we are born again. So it, I'm sure you heard it. I'd like to you know, mm-hmm. hear what you, what your thoughts are on it.
2: Thanks, Greg. I'll do that, and and you can stay on as long as you'd like. Uh, You you know, um, um, the Pope needs to get saved. Um, uh, When I say things like that, people get really irritated. But Jesus said to the most religious man in Israel, except a man be born again, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. And he repeated, he said, you of all people shouldn't be surprised when I say this. And there's nothing about this Pope, there's nothing about this Pope that indicates he knows Jesus at all. And so he doesn't care about Leviticus, he doesn't care about Romans, he doesn't care about people's eternal damnation. When in 1 Corinthians 6 and Galatians chapter 5 it says people who live like this and that's one of the sins described will not inherit the kingdom of God. So honestly, Greg, he just doesn't care. He is a man who is preparing the world for the advent of the Antichrist and the false prophet. That's the way it's going to be in the end times. And the Bible tells us that's how it's going to be. And um, the damage that this Pope has done, now now, let let me rephrase, the damage that the Catholic Church has done, and all the Popes, is inestimable, um, because they're not preaching Jesus Christ crucified and risen from the dead, and the necessity of a born-again experience, walking with, following Jesus. And, um, you know, I, I wasn't at all surprised, he's hinted at it before. You're exactly right with this whole idea of uh, we're all children of God. Uh, we're not. To be a child of God, you got to be adopted. Uh, we've been given upon being born again a spirit of sonship that enables us to cry out, Abba, Father, Paul writes. And the only way you can call him Father is is to, to know him, to, to give your life to him, and then you become his child. You're right, we're all created by the birth process or the population process that, uh, that God initiated, but we're not all children of God. We're all made in the image of God, meaning we get to make a choice about where we're going to spend eternity, uh, meaning that we are going to live somewhere forever. That's, that's what it means to be made in the image of God. But this whole idea, uh, Greg, that, that um, the Pope, because he is who he is, is a believer, uh, flies in the face of every page in our Bibles, and I think we've got to be able to to, to accept that and understand it. This is a man who needs Jesus, and we shouldn't expect people who don't know Jesus to um, to, to respond any differently. This is the way of the world, and uh, apart from from becoming one in Christ, uh, we're we're going to follow the way of the world instead of following the Lord. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, you know, Pastor Ronnie, just this makes me. You... Really sad because I got so much. Of my family is still Catholic, and yeah. I just believe that they're not going to heaven like they think they do because they were baptized as a baby, and and yeah. uh, you know, and the, they believe that the Pope speaks for God. He's God representative on Earth, and it's like this is this is crazy. It really is it? Just it's yeah. it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, we'll stop yeah, uh, comment. Uh, and
2: okay, but, let, let me encourage you with one other thing. You know, we we. Uh, I one time asked, a couple times actually, I've asked our church, okay, how many of you have a Catholic background? And 90% raised their hand. And um, what we've seen over and over and over is because of the witness of Catholics who get saved and because of their witness uh, for Christ and with Jesus, uh, we're seeing family members getting saved literally in droves and especially in difficult times like this. So, Greg, keep standing for, for the Lord, keep standing for the Word, in love and with great courtesy and respect. You want to let him know that um, the, the Pope is flying in the face of the Bible. I know you believe that he is God's vicar on earth, but he is not. Um, God's spokesman would not contradict what God has already said in his Word. And, um, and then live your life with such joy And such confidence in the Lord that they will see that you have something they're missing. And over and over and over, Greg, I've seen um, families come tumbling one at a time. Usually it starts with the dad. Moms are usually the last ones. But it starts with a brother or dad or somebody. And and their lives change. And pretty soon they can't deny um, the the wonderful experience of what it means to know Jesus. Greg? (laughs) I'll be praying for your family. Yeah,
1: it, thank you, Greg. I appreciate, appreciate uh, yeah, I appreciate you and Paula. Uh, and I, Thanks, Greg. You're still there. Hey, I appreciate yes. you and Paula. And I just I try to catch you all every day on the radio. I don't call in very often, but I listen uh, every day. Thank
2: mm-hmm. you, Greg. God bless you, man.
3: Thanks. Appreciate it. You know, Greg, we, um, Ron, and I pray <laughs> for this radio program that we would be able to encourage others, and and Ron in particular uh, wants to encourage people to think to think rightly, don't just believe what you hear all the time, but to read God's word and really think it through. And uh, one encouragement is I can tell you that Jesus has not lost one. He knows who's going to be saved. And, you know, we have several friends. I was thinking of Gladys, Ron, mm-hmm. when she first came it's here. It's a good story. Tell <laughs> it. You tell it. It's your story. I just set you up.
2: We wonderful lady named Gladys. <laughs> Um, she came here for weddings. The reason she first got here. Mm-hmm. Now every wedding I do, I, I paint a picture of Christ and his bride, mm-hmm. and and it, it becomes it's not the same one every time because the circumstances are different. But um, she was she was blown away at her friend. She was one of the bridesmaids, maybe even the maid of honor, and mm-hmm. and um, um, she wasn't married. Maid of honor, maid, not yeah, mm-hmm. maid of honor, mm-hmm. and uh, she um, um, she she just couldn't get over. What she saw the people here, the message the holy spirit was was working on her heart, and I started to notice and i got i I sort of connected with her right away, mm-hmm. and so I started to notice that I would see her on Sundays, mm-hmm. and she was so firmly Catholic, and she let everybody know she's going to die Catholic. Mm-hmm. I kept saying, so I'd, I'd say, well, well, hi, Gladys. Mm-hmm. Good, nice to see you this morning. Yeah. And, and she would look at me, she'd say, this isn't my church.
3: Yeah, this isn't my church. Yeah.
2: She'd been to the <laughs> Catholic Mass early, then she comes, would, would come to our second service. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and uh, we just saw this happening. One day, uh, she answers an invitation with tears pouring. She comes forward and gives her life to Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. She's actually married to an elder of a Calvary Chapel that we've planted now. Mm-hmm. And to watch what God has done in her life. Now, she had very sick parents. And both of them, one of them got well, the other one did not. One of them has gone to be with the Lord. But they both got saved mm-hmm. as a result. And the one thing that kept her from, from converting was, my mom is going to disown me. She yeah. said, my mom, don't get baptized. her mm-hmm. mom wouldn't even come to her baptism. Mm-hmm. But but uh, they got saved, and it wasn't long before there was cousins and nephews mm-hmm. <laughs> and nieces mm-hmm. and everybody getting saved. Right. It, it's just because the, the change in Gladys was overwhelming. Yeah. That's what being born again does.
3: That's right. And so, Greg, um, don't be so sad that your sadness looks like hopelessness.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Just just love the joy him. of the Lord. Okay, let's go to Jonathan from San Antonio on line one. Jonathan, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
4: How are you doing, Pastor Ron? Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, yes, uh, yes, yes, Pastor. I just wanted to ask, it relates to my question from yesterday about... Uh, pastoral duties uh, regarding women. Uh, this one is more specific to what are some more? I guess it's going to address more. What are some biblically sound roles for women in the church? If you know, oh. since of course uh, anything that is you know pastoral in nature would would be uh, unsound. I guess is the word.
2: Yeah, actually not. You know, um, um, Jonathan, uh, a, a, a woman can do anything and everything in the church except be a pastor. So there is no unbiblical role. Um, she can deacon, as Phoebe was a deaconess. Um, she, she can have the gift of prophecy. Now, that doesn't make somebody a prophet. Philip's four daughters were actually prophetesses. And, of course, uh, Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla had uh, an extraordinary gift of teaching. So I, I think there are many pastoral-type ministries that women can serve in. I'll give you some examples here. At our church, we've got all kinds of women's ministries, and we have, uh, Paula, what, six or seven uh, ladies who regularly teach mm-hmm. uh, in, in the women's Bible studies. So they're, they're functioning in a pastoral role to women, although they're not called or titled pastors. They're, they're basically doing the same thing that I do, and they're very, very gifted. In addition to that, I think counseling, uh, Jonathan, is a pastoral uh, responsibility. And uh, the women who have the gift of teaching are really busy in our church counseling other women. And uh, I think those are, are really valuable ministries. Uh, I always prefer, before a woman comes to me, I always prefer to talk with Paula or with one of the other ladies. And if there's something that I need to get involved in, then the the, the two of them, the other lady and the one being counseled, uh, then we, we all sit down together but, um, most of the time, because they know the word and they've got the gift to teach, that's what counseling is. It's just teaching on a one-on-one basis. Uh, women can be worship leaders. Women can be, uh, children's ministry leaders. And, and we have a, a woman's ministry leader here, uh, at church, the same woman who's been doing it since we, we got here for all practical purposes. So, uh, Jonathan, they can do anything and everything except being a pastor. And I always think this is sort of like, um, um, you know, uh, Eve in the garden. All these other trees are yours, and she wanted the one tree that God said you can't have. And I think that's just a commentary on our human nature. Thank you, Jonathan. Appreciate the phone call. Let's go to line two and talk with Jared from Bernie. Jared, thanks for holding. you on the air.
5: Yes, thanks, Pastor. And I love your show, and... Love just uh, hearing the word from, from y'all. and I just wanted to call in and encourage uh, Greg, uh, the uh, caller about the Pope. I, I have many Catholic friends. One of my best friends is Catholic, and we had just a phenomenal dialogue today about, you know, the Pope and what he had to say uh, about, you know, civil unions. And it gave me an opportunity to talk to him about the, the, the gospel and the the truth. And in my opinion, I think the, uh, the Pope is, you know, overplaying his hand like the enemy always does. And my friend, <laughs> uh, that's a staunch Catholic, told me, he goes, Jared, you, you don't realize how many Catholics are just questioning so much mm-hmm. what the Pope has to say. Is the Catholic Church, he goes, my friends that are big Catholics are not happy with some of the things he's saying. So I, you know, and I read, I read the encyclical, I'm not Catholic at all, but I want to know what he has to say, and it's not a biblical worldview, and if you know what he's saying, you can at least talk to your Catholic friends and point them to the Gospel, because everything that the Pope writes and says is really saying that humans can solve the problem of entropy here on Earth. I mean, this Earth is decaying, and the Pope tells people we can solve the problem. He never points people to Jesus as the Savior. And it's a good opportunity when, you know, you're you're staunch Catholics that are disagreeing with what the Pope has to point them to the the true gospel and the truth. And uh, I think that's overplaying his hands in a big way. It's a good opportunity.
2: Uh, thank you, thank you for that. You know, Jared, I, I, I'm I'm embarrassed. I didn't I didn't mention that when Greg called, but this really is an opportunity to open up dialogue with Catholics and and really present a clear choice. Do you, do you believe the Word of God or do you believe the words of this man who calls himself the Pope? And um, I think if if uh, these kinds of declarations are going to have the impact um, that that I hope they have, a lot of people are be questioning their faith in and, and their church and positions of the church. Uh, God doesn't change. They know that instinctively, and yet we've got all these new decrees and lessons. And I think this will provide an opportunity, Jared, uh, for those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ to share with those who are not. And again, I want to emphasize that this pope needs Jesus um, same thing is true. It doesn't mean he's a bad person. It just means that he is a person. Mm-hmm. And and he is condemned already. And the way that we can impact Catholics is to know not only what they're saying, but know what the Word of God says. And, and we can present a clear choice. Paula, we're inside a minute. You want to add anything?
3: Hmm. No. But I'm glad you guys are calling. T- this week has been kind of quiet with the phones. And we were talking... They're going to call today, Pastor Ron, when I'm on the radio. <laughs> Thank you, Greg, Jonathan, and Jared.
2: We've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day edition of the program 340 9585 for your live calls and questions. This is the word to stand on for life, the Date Day program. We'll be back in two minutes.
3: don't have time to call into the word to stand on for life no problem if you've got questions you can email them to pastor ron at pastor ron, at gmail.com that's pastor ron K-S-O-R, at gmail.com
0: Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
2: Welcome back to the second half of our program today, 340-9585. Um, Paula, we got interrupted in a good way with mm-hmm. the phone calls,
3: mm-hmm.
2: but we want to get back to what you're talking about.
3: You mean just giving and serving and, you know, uh, we talk about...
2: Talk about what you learned, generosity, and and what results from generosity, what you've seen.
3: That, uh, let me see, there was a story that you tell uh, about, oh, the guy when you were at Bible college, you know, a rich guy who um, just would give money to, uh, you know, scholarships to, people who proved themselves, who really wanted to be there and just couldn't afford it. Um, And what you said is that um, what he said was, you know, "I I have a shovel and I keep shoveling it out the front door, but God has a bigger shovel and he keeps shoveling in more to the back door. And so it's not a matter of giving to get. It's just a matter of when we're obedient to the Lord, he is a debtor to no one.
2: You know, I, I was the, the beneficiary of that guy. He was a billionaire in Southern California, mm-hmm. and he just had a standing order to, to the pastor who headed up the Bible college. If there's anybody who really needs it, and you think God's hand is on that man mm-hmm. or that woman, then you let me know. Mm-hmm. And I was going to have to leave after my first semester in Bible college, and um, and uh, this guy subsidized. He, he's sharing in the rewards Uh, of everything that we've done here at Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Uh, Additionally, we had a man um, who walked into a church one of my pastors was teaching at and said, I have the gift of giving. And and the pastor said, well, but Pastor Ron, I told you the message uh, doesn't want our needs to be known. And the guy said, you don't understand. He wasn't being arrogant at all. Mm -hmm. He said, when I give, budgets change. Mm -hmm. I just want to help. And, I mean, he was so generous and and he said, well, we, we just can't let our needs be known. So the guy walked away a little bit frustrated, sent his wife back in with a check for $100,000. Mm-hmm. And it's, our church was about to close. That's how broke we were mm-hmm. and how how urgent the situation was. But but that guy's generosity. Think of all the things that have happened in this church since then. Yeah. And that man was generous shares in all those rewards. And you know what? God can trust him with money, so God keeps giving them money, and mm-hmm. that's the way it ought to be. Yeah.
3: You know, Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, um, without asking, because we don't pass a plate, we don't tell them, you know, our needs and all that kind of stuff, but our church is really a, a very generous church. I mean, there's no way you can have a free school, free medical clinic, free home for women, and some of them have, have children, uh, and they all, it's all for free. Um these, so, these
2: radio programs? Oh, yeah. That's money?
3: That's true, too. The radio programs? Yeah. I mean, um, and then, you know, getting back to my, my giving my $11, you know, the Lord paid for my retreat. Not that he owed me anything, but he knew that I wanted to be obedient. He knows those, like during this pandemic, those who um, were sick and quarantined, those who weren't sick and quarantined would go shopping would cook, would bring groceries and or the meals to the front door and make sure everybody had what they needed. Yeah,
2: let's let's come back to that and talk about that when we come back. Let's okay. go to Jeff calling on line one. Jeff, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
3: Hey, how you doing? God bless you.
2: Good. Now-
3: hey, yes, I'm in here bailing Pastor Ron out like you told me to.
6: It, that's right. You bailing them out. <laughs> yeah. I forgot to mention that Pastor Ken bails them out, too. No. Oh, you know that's right.
3: I would love Pastor Kidd because no, we got to right. go on vacation. <laughs> Man.
6: Shouldn't we be talking about Joy of Jesus right now? Isn't it well, like the weekend right now?
2: Jeff, that's it would, right it would be it would be next, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday is the last day of the month. And it would yeah. be um, um, next week. And um, we're just, our heart is broken. Uh, when Paul was mm. mentioning all the things that we do, Joy of Jesus is our biggest outreach and there'd be thousands of people um, who, who would be out at Travis Park. And the city um, just would not uh, bend or yield. And, and you know, one of the things that, that I, I got frustrated with just the other day, uh, when Paul and I got home from our vacation, we were watching a, a news channel, and it was local news station, and they were, they were highlighting a, a woman's freedom protest. Um, that that was being held and there must have been 25, 40 people something like that and I looked and I said, Paul, they're in, in Travis Park <laughs> and so you, they can have their protest in Travis Park yeah. but we can't go do good things in Travis Park so this will be the first year uh, in 24 that we have not done Joy of Jesus and the first year in 23 that it's not at exactly the same place and uh, that's a tough one for us, Jeff Yeah,
6: yeah I know it is I know it's for- for all of us, especially for those needy people down there as well. Mm-hmm. But So, Pastor Ron, I had, I had this comment for you yesterday, but I, I thought, no, you know what? I'm going to wait till date day because this is really. It. <laughs> Paula really needs to chime in on this one, too. And it says, I've been reading about how, you know, the, the kind of worship culture that we have now kind of started, I, I think, around the Industrial Revolution. Men went into the workplace and. The, the culture kind of grew out of that was was kind of feminine. and and so what we've dealt with and, and you've seen you know over the years is that you know, there's a lot of churches that just don't have a healthy masculine spirit. And it's not to cut down the church, but it's just to say, you know we, we have a lack of men in the church anyway. and many men see women as like the driving force of the church and they just kind of don't like that. And, and, you know, we, we, we kind of say to them, hey, you, you want to have a personal relationship with Jesus. And men just in general don't really respond that way. Now, Calvary Chapel is an anomaly. I mean, I know that there are some strong churches that have, I mean, strong, healthy men there. Um, but, like, one of the things I really like about walking in Calvary Chapel is that you don't really— Feel like you're in church. You really feel like you're in a working environment, a working mm-hmm. spiritual environment. But you can see, man, there's no hiding stain- with stained glass, and there's no none of that kind of stuff. You have, you know, you're moving chairs all the time. You're preparing <laughs> for school. You're moving chairs again. You know, you're cleaning the bathroom three or four times a day. You know, and and it's just, I mean, it just feels right. It's it's a it's mm. a spirit-filled place, and, and <laughs> you
2: <know>, Go <laughs> ahead. So
6: and, and anyway, so anyway, I was wondering if you guys would talk about that a little bit. You know, it's how do we get guys in that feel like they're meeting someone, like or have meeting a healthy masculine role model. You don't have to be macho, but and Pastor Ron, you're so good at that. You know, presenting. Men. And and a lot of times I think you're really just preaching to men, you know, because it's the men that need to be encouraged. Man, when women pray, things happen. But the men just like, you know, all right, I don't need to say nothing else,
0: (laughs) y'all.
2: Thank you, Jeff. You you know, one of the things that you said preaching just to men, uh, men are accountable to God. We 're the spiritual heads of our household, and we 're all going to stand before the Lord and give account of of our stewardship, that ministry. so one of the things I will do in my teaching is, is say men this is this is God speaking to you you 're going to be obedient or you 're going to give account and and, and you 've got the responsibility of presenting your wife as holy and blameless and, and presenting your children before the Lord, raising them up in the nurture and the admonition of the lord last night 's Bible study was one of those cases. Yep. Where um, we're talking about Sarah's death, and um, um, I think it was a, a really important study, and um, um, it just just men have got to be like Abraham. We've got to take the role, um, the the responsibility for it. You know, Jeff, be, be, the, the the feminization of the church that you're talking about has spawned all kinds of of. Um, um, Crazy responses. Um, um, there was a book that was really popular out during the Promise Keeper years, um, Wild at Heart, uh, I think was the name of it. It was, this is how men are supposed to be. We're frontier men. And all that's mm-hmm. nonsense. Mm-hmm. What we've found to attract godly men, and we don't attract them, God makes them. But, um, you know, we're pretty sure men like tacky, and our church is tacky. And, you know, they come in, there's no pretension. Um, you know, I'm not wearing a robe and I'm not walking around yelling and spitting and sweating. And and um, it's just the Word of God. And it's the Word of God that touches the hearts of men that, that really, Jeff, um, um, changes them. And when men get engaged, Paula, when we come for prayer Saturday morning, we will have more men than women. I'm, going, our, to,
3: I'm going to share that. In
2: our corporate prayer. Mm-hmm.
3: In fact, I'm going to share without a name um, one of the ladies' prayers. She said, Men praying is so powerful. May men be open, praying, crying for and with their wives and their families. Um, she's, she's blown away, as are so many who come here, because even in our teaching staff, Jeff, there are more men than there are female teachers. And, and, and people, from the very beginning, there have always been more men in this church um, leading in pretty much... Every, everything. And so, from the beginning, the Lord has said that he's going to use this little tacky church um, on a hill to shine for others. And yeah, we have a lot of men, and we've had people over the years, men and women, man, the men are really accountable here. And I've said this for years, it's really hard to come to Calvary Chapel of San Antonio If you're not serious about the Lord, because Pastor Ron has been given this gift. Even I I sit and sometimes it's so uncomfortable in the counseling sessions, you know, that sometimes I used to make like a little joke to cut the tension. And Pastor Ron had to school me on don't do that. (laughs) Um, But he will look right into that man's eyes and he knows what's going on. There have been times when Ron has excused the wife and me from the room so he can get really up front, close, and personal with that man, like, what's going on? Don't be pointing a finger. This is on you. And so from the beginning, um, he's been saying, if there's something wrong with your wife, it's your fault. You are the responsible one to fix her. She needs to feel like she's the most loved and appreciated woman in the world. She's your responsibility. And so, yeah, it's, it's difficult. You know, the feminization of the church, I do believe that in a lot of marriages, if the wife who loves Jesus dies, we won't see that man again. She is the spiritual, not that she's a spiritual leader, But she's the spiritual one who's closest to the Lord. And he's coming because, you know, he loves his wife. But there's too many, Jeff, that um, if that wife were not here, they wouldn't be here. And so I'm hopefully talking to some men even now because that's not going to go well for them. And so anyway, that's my two cents you asked for.
2: (laughs) Thank you, Jeff. You schooled me, Paula. Is that what you say? Bailed me out. Yeah. yeah. Let's go to Jonathan on line one from San Antonio. Jonathan, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
4: uh, Paula, thanks for taking uh, my second question. Hope I'm not bugging y'all too much. (laughs) No, it's okay. Um, Okay. Um, I just just noticed that uh, different congregations have a different uh, uh, frequency of communion. Some have it uh, once a month. Some have it once a year. Maybe a... Every two years. Uh, uh, Pastor Ron, what does the Bible say about the frequency of communion and how can you best, uh, I guess, um, um, tell me the meaning of or explain what is the the Bible's, you know, I guess, perspective on it?
2: Yeah, Jonathan, the Bible uh, Bible only says that as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. Uh, That's Jesus speaking. As often as you do this. So there's no uh, timeline given. Um, we here at Calvary Chapel, we do it the first Sunday of every month. I want my people to know it's coming. Um, we, we treasure our time in communion. Um, uh, they can invite people, uh, other other family members or neighbors or co-workers, unbelievers, and they know they're going to hear an invitation. So we do it on the first Sunday of every month. Um, uh, I don't know churches that only do it once a year or once every couple of years. Um, there are churches that do it every week. Uh, most of those churches um, wrongly believe in the uh, literal uh, transformation of the wine and the and the um, the, the juice and the in the bread uh, is Jesus's blood and Jesus's body, and so it's sort of their their weekly connection to Jesus. Yeah, I go partake of the elements, and and Jesus is with me, kind of thing. Um, Uh, And and I think they're missing out on so much. Um, But uh, we do it once a month, and we do it sometimes for special occasions. Um, But um, I, I don't want people to get used to doing it in the sense that, oh, it's just communion. I want it to continue to be special. So that's why we've decided here on doing it on the first Sunday of every month. That'll be coming up not this Sunday, but the following Sunday. And uh, it's always a very special time for us. Thanks, Jonathan. Appreciate it very much. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Paula, let's go back to you.
3: I'm getting my feelings hurt. I've got my feelings hurt, Pastor Ron, but I know I'm supposed to die to myself. It's the ladies' day, and, and not one single one of my sisters has called.
2: Well, see, that this is not a feminized radio program. <coughs>
3: There you go. Amen. Okay. <laughs> move on. Let me, let me man up to you, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Joy Jesus was supposed to be, but it's all right. You know, um, I remember many, many, many years ago that, uh, our women's leader, our women's, our children's ministry leader had a daycare center and we used to meet as a, as a church there for a year and a half or so. And, um, Some of her employees at the time, who were not Christians, a couple of them watched the kids because we paid them, but they wouldn't come to church. And so one day she said, "Would you consider coming down to the daycare center and doing a Bible study? Because these people, you know, I can't make them go to church, but they work here."
2: (laughs) And so, (laughs) and and see that that is that's a pastoral type ministry that you were invited into Mm -hmm.
3: and so i i say all that to say that you know no we're not having joy of jesus this year but just like with the pope and his stuff it's causing conversation and the people in the downtown area will miss us that sweet aroma will not be there this year the city though they don't know it they are going to be sorry that um we're not going to be there in some fashion or form. I just got us faithful that way
2: so and, and you know paula this is this is the it, this is a terrible year for everybody it's mm-hmm. just been the year from the pit yeah uh, but but it's even worse for them yeah uh, there's no tourists to panhandle to from yeah. uh, the distancing, keeping people away has has sort of cut off their supply of the very things that we provide clothes and bikes and uh, you know, we have we have 150 bicycles that are just going to be sitting, yeah. uh, and we give those bikes away at Joy of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, the medical care that they get uh, from from our multi medical once staff a year, yeah, for a um, um, so all of that haircuts. is haircuts, uh, uh, the haircuts, the beauty oh, makeovers, yes. the manicures, yes. the things like that. Uh, all of that they're going to be missing, and um, maybe if we carried protest signs, the city would change. Uh, their view, but but it, it, we're really going to miss it. Yeah,
3: we really are going to miss it. I, I, you know, there's a couple of people that I, we see every year, and they look forward to it, you know. The, the, the people who have uh, been a participant at Joy of Jesus, this is maybe that one time of year where they police each other, don't mess up. Yeah. These people are here to help us. Yeah. Don't mess it up for
2: us and they behave
3: and they behave you know, we always have
2: security because the city requires it yeah but you know our cops just end up getting to share jesus with people and yeah. that's it
3: yeah follow so, yeah it's a sad it's a sad time for us not to be able to minister to the lost the hurting the hungry the broken the needy and the confused mm-hmm. and the especially fearful this mm-hmm. this time it's going to be it's going to be sad
2: yeah. uh paula we're, we're just at about three minutes in the program, so we're going to have to keep all the stuff that you brought here You today. know, I had a lot to talk about today, Pastor Roy. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it next <laughs> week, unless the Lord leads otherwise. Mm-hmm. But uh, I want to say something. We're losing one of our teachers um, this week, uh, Christina Wong, who has been a teacher at the Academy. And you know our our feelings about our teachers. They they work too much. They work for too little. They do it because this is a calling from God. Yeah. And uh, Christina's husband is in the military. And uh, he's been uh, transferred. We've had the privilege of having her for a long time. But um, now the family has to move. Yeah. And uh, the kids gave uh, her and her daughter, who's here, uh, a going-away party today. And um, it's it just a at, at time for, for, I think we can say to Christina, uh, thank you. Mm-hmm. May the Lord continue to bless you. Mm-hmm. Um, it has been delightful to see the impact you've had on these kids um, not only that, you've impacted a whole bunch of us adults with your love and with your faithfulness as yes, well. Yeah. So we are truly and deeply going to miss you.
3: Yeah. In fact, if, if anybody wants to go online at CalvarySA.com um, and go to our chapel services and look up Christina, what an amazing five days of, four or five days of chapel she did. Incredible. She paints great pictures, and it was just amazing. So, she, yeah, we're going to miss her. And that's the coolest thing about this pandemic. We got to keep them here longer because yeah. they were supposed to be yeah. gone already. So there's yeah. there's something good in, in we can find in everything.
2: Yeah, she's kind of a nut, which is really a good thing. She fits
3: in here yeah, really she, well.
2: She really does, <laughs> and uh, we're going to miss her. Yeah. And, and uh, just while I'm talking about our teachers, a, a shout out and a big thank you to our entire staff here at mm-hmm. the academy. Mm-hmm. Again, many of them working for no money at all. Mm-hmm. They've been here for many, many years. Yeah. They're the ones who are who are essential, and they're working in spite of the danger because they know this is what God has yeah. called them to do. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and they have been heroic, yes. literally heroic in their faith. Yeah. So, uh, to all of you who are listening. Uh, thank you, and may the Lord bless you and continue to pour out the Spirit. Paula was talking about generosity mm-hmm. earlier in the program, and your generosity has been blessed by God abundantly. Um, you've been a blessing to us, but we know that God has blessed you as well.
3: Yeah, amazing! I love my life. Thank you for inviting me on this show, Pastor. <laughs> when you first did years ago, I was like, "No, I don't know what I'm gonna do," but this is really fun. <laughs> praying you guys are encouraged hey thanks
2: for tuning in you've been listening to the date day edition of the word to stand on for life i'm pastor ron arbaugh from calvary chapel in san antonio texas lord willing i'll be back tomorrow at four o'clock on am six thirty. the word we'll see you then
3: bye-bye
0: thanks for spending this time with calvary chapels the word to stand on for life with pastor ron arbaugh